Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? I am. Let's go. Let's go to Marlowe County, Illinois. Is that where we were? Oh. I had no idea. Well, they kept talking about going to Chicago. Oh. Chicago was the big city that they came in on, oh, on the train. Okay. I and figured because it was like Junction. I have Junction City in my notes. Yeah. So somewhere in the Midwest. And I just figured Chicago. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we are doing the 1949 cover up. Let me tell you, there is a. 1983-85 cover-up that I started watching that looked very interesting. It's a cover-up <laughs> of a murder in a town. So, but it was like a document, like it was based on a true story. Ooh. So this is, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll all check that out. This is the 1949 cover-up. <clears throat> a sheriff in a small town is strangely silent about the murder of a heavily insured citizen. An insurance investigator arrives to determine the cause of death. Particulous? Ah, cover-up. It was released on February 25th, 1949. It is a film noir mystery film. It, it, it was good. It's available. It was. There's going to be... There, I did too. There's going to be spoilers. So it's available for free on Tubi, which if you have like any sort of fire stick or whatever, it's a free app. There's going to be commercials, but it's not too intrusive. They only like two. I yeah. think there were only like two commercials. Or if you're impatient, I rented it for $3.99 on Amazon. Oh, oh okay. Yes. Also nice. No commercials. It's directed by Alfred E. Green, who also did Dangerous with Betty White and The Jolson Story. Betty White? Dangerous I mean, with Betty I'm sorry. Betty Davis. Thank she you. She is on our minds, our <laughs> yes. dear Betty White. The woman could do anything. She could have been in this. She could have yeah. been in that movie. It's Dangerous with Betty Davis. She. He also did The, Al Jol the Jolson Story and The Jackie Robinson Story. Oh, uh, sure. He got all the all the the nuances of that story. Sure, he nailed it. Yeah. Um, his first picture that he directed was in 1916, and his last was in 1954. Oh Damn. my God! So that guy had a career. It well, was, you you directed a movie when you were six. Yes, yeah, so I guess my career would go from 1986 to 2010-ish. <laughs> that, that was a very good career. 30 I'm years? A, yeah, I'm going to make a movie when I'm, I'm old, just so that I can, like, then extend it. <laughs> uh, it was written by Jerome Oldblum who also wrote Strange Affair, Never Trust a Gambler, and wrote the novel The Morgue is Always Open. Ooh, that sounds good. Nerd alert, in real life, he served time in prison for forgery, and when he got out, he became a newspaper reporter, and then he became a managing editor of a newspaper, I believe in Minnesota somewhere, and then he was a writer, and then he got into screenwriting. Wow. Look at that rehabilitation. Um, 
it's also the screenplay is also co-written by Jonathan Fix, who also did Angela and the Black Knight. Additional dialogue by Francis Swan, who did Belle of Mexico, Force of Impulse, and was an early writer on Dark Shadows. And also addition, yeah, you, I know I put Dark Shadows for you. That was like a vampire soap opera, right? Yeah. Yes, it was. I wasn't yeah. supposed to watch it. <laughs> and then additional dialogue was also by Lawrence Kimball, who uh, wrote The Devil Pays Off and Tahiti Honey. Tahiti Ooh. Honey. <laughs> Tahiti Honey. Music. Sounds like something Teeny would cook with. I know. Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> the, the music is by Hans J. Salter, who also did Son of Dracula, Christmas Holiday, and This Love is Ours. Director of photography is Ernest Laszlo, who was the camera operator on Wings, which we did. and was the first Best Picture Academy Award winner. He also was the director of photography on It's a Mad, 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 Mad <gasps> World. Oh. Ship of Fools, Stalic uh-huh. 17, Judgment at Nuremberg, and Inherent the Wind. So, oh, my God. This guy's got bona fide. The editor is Fred W. Berger, who also did The Hot Rock and the television show MASH and Dallas. Yeah. Starry. I had a friend, my best friend Kelly, when I was little, we would be like six years old and she'd be like, I got to go watch Dallas. (laughs) I watched Dallas when I was six. Who shot you? <laughs> yeah. I, re- I remember. And I remember I hated it because the original Dallas theme song, they always showed the where the Dallas Cowboys play football. And that yeah. was at the height of my Washington fandom before they just pooped on the next 30 years of my fandom. Um, so when I, like that was when they were good. That was when they were something to behold. And I would always like, cringe and I hate I just hated the show Dallas and I would just watch it in silent protest I didn't even know oh yeah I seethed I seethed (laughs) starring Dennis O'Keefe as Sam Donovan he was also in Bill of Divorcement the 1934 version of Imitation of Life Hangman Also Die He's also AKA Bud Flanagan, AKA Edward Vance Flanagan, AKA Bud Flanagan, AKA, oh, that, that Bud Flanagan was spelled with an I, AKA Edward James Flanagan, and Ed, AKA Jonathan Ricks. Yeah, he co wrote the script. Oh. Yeah, this man had oh. so many aliases. He's like Jesus Amaro up in here. How weird. Yeah, he he had an interesting career because he was in a bunch of movies uncredited because he was just in the background of a whole bunch of stuff. And I'd then, never heard of him. I know. William Bendix as Sheriff Larry Best. He was also in Lifeboat. He was in the Babe Ruth story and he was in Wake Island. And here's a little nerd alert. It was on Wikipedia. So who knows? But it said that as a bat he was a bat boy 
for Babe Ruth and got to watch Babe Ruth hit a hundred home runs, but he got fired when he gave when he fulfilled Babe Ruth's order to get him hot dogs, a bunch of hot dogs and uh, stuff before the game and Babe Ruth ate too many hot dogs and like couldn't play the game and then they fired him but he was just doing what Babe Ruth told him to do as and a who kid wouldn't? yeah and then I guess he got to grow up to play Babe Ruth so is that a real story or is that did the studio make that up Ooh, I think know. it's real I'm gonna go with it's real too we have Barbara Britton as Anita Weatherby she was in the Virginian charming. she was charming she was. She was in the Virginian Gunfighters and Loaded Pistols. Apparently, she did a lot of work in westerns. Really? Yeah. I didn't recognize her either. I didn't either. I like Your her. grandma might, though. <laughs> I liked her a lot. We have Art Baker as Stu Weatherby. He was in Spellbound, The Farmer's Daughter. He worked in radio, and he also hosted many TV shows. Hmm. He was lovely as well. Mm-hmm. Anne E. Todd as Kathy Weatherby. She was in, she was the little sister. She was in How Green Was My Valley, which we, oh, did. we did. that. And Destry Rides Again and Zaza. Nerd alert, she is a distant relative, according to Wikipedia, of Mary Todd Lincoln. Hmm. What? Yeah. Wow. So, now... <clears throat> Can you answer me how old she was supposed to be in the movie? That's a, a great question because I want to know how old everybody was supposed to be in the we, movie. When it started, I was like, oh, that's her like 24-year-old sister. And then she was like asking her mom to bring if she if she could bring the compact she got to school and and then she started really like, weirdly acting like she was 12 and yeah she was uh she was acting like she was that annoying age um so i don't like but she was 19 in real life yeah so i don't sorry to go off i just no couldn't. no that was agree i we're gonna yeah we're gonna get into that because i have that in my reheatables um the question we have doro minrad Miranda, who was Hilda. I butchered her name. But Hilda... I thought she's not the Wicked Witch. No, I thought that's who she was, too. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I've, I was like, no, she's not. But why does she seem so familiar? She was in The Russians Are Coming. The Russians Are Coming. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And then I think she was in... She was in Our Town on Broadway, and then she was in also in Our Town when they did the movie version of that. I didn't know they did a movie version of Our Town. And she was in The Seven Year Itch. Oh, I'll well, bet so, she was funny in The Seven Year Itch. I know. We, we haven't do done I know. Oh. We have Virginia Christine as Margaret Baker. She was in High Noon. Like when I saw that woman, I was like, I've seen her before. She was in High Noon. Guess who's coming to dinner? The oh. Killers, and she was also Mrs. Olson, the Folgers Crystals. I mean, the Folgers Coffee Lady. Was she? Yeah, well, she wasn't in this her. very much. I looked her up because I saw in the credits someone named Virginia Christine, and that's mm -hmm. what a name. She's also in something called The Tales of Wells Fargo. 
Have yeah. you ever heard of that? Oh, I, that's a show? Apparently it's a Western show. Yeah, because Wells Fargo, the bank, it started out as the, it was the stagecoach that would take, I believe, the money from the east to the west. And okay, so, that makes right. sense about their logo now. I've never thought yeah. of their name before. Yeah, that's and so my, they... That's why my debit card has a little horse and carriage yes. on it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that was like early. I mean, that was even early for me. What? Like maybe... When yeah, 1957. Yeah, it was yeah. like a what? Because it's a western. Because it was about you know people wanted to rob the Wells Fargo, so I'm guessing they had a lot of mm. stories lot to tell. Sure. Yeah. And finally, we have Dan White as Gabe, the voiceless, uh, I guess, deputy, the cop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was in To Kill a Mock. He was in so many things uncredited, but like, did just I just took these three out of it because it's ridiculous. To Kill a Mockingbird, Touch of Evil, and Giant. Damn. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's just like... Giant, hey. another one we have to do. Mm-hmm. Ah, they just keep coming. They won't stop. Well, let me set the table. An insurance investigator arrives in a small town to determine if a client has indeed committed suicide... Oh, I have to determine again. I tried to do better than that. To determine the amount of money owed the beneficiary. But when he begins his investigation, everyone in town, including the sheriff, is quite short on detail. Oh, they all clam up? His new love interest, who he met on the train, is acting in an odd manner. What could go could wrong? Go wrong. So, <clears throat> there is nothing but cast in this movie. <laughs> yeah. The whole premise. Well, okay. we, we easily skipped over the first part of that, which is the POC account, which is like oh, none. There's none. Zero. There's none. Zero. Not nothing even, in the background. Like, even at the train station. Nobody not, exists no. except white Anglo-Saxon Protestants in this film. And from now on, there will be spoilers. And I do recommend you watch it. One hour, what? 40 it's short. No, 20, it's 22 minutes. Five, one hour, yeah. 22. I mean, it was really, it went fast. It was smart. Um, you can't be doing something else because you have to see the facial expressions and what's going on silently in the film. Mm-hmm. So just sit down. I mean, today is a cloudy gray day here in uh, Northern Virginia, just sit down and watch it. It was really good. Well, nobody should really be out there in these streets if you don't have to anyway. If you have to, then you have to. But if you don't, now's the time not to, like, this is perfect for just being inside. Because of of, a Delta Omicron now? Is it Delta? Delta Cron. Delta Cron. So here we go. Delta Cron flu. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, so having said that, I'm going to bust it wide open right bust here. Bust it. <laughs> but who but a town of white people could cover up a crime and everybody's okay with that? Because guess what? In a few decades, they're going to be covering up crimes that are uh, uh, not so good. Not okay. Well, they didn't really, like, was this a good cover-up? It was only a good cover-up because it happened to work. Like, they happened to get the right 
insurance agent and like who falls in love with the girl who thinks her father yeah. did it and but no 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 still don't have the, the orange turd in jail so i'm just saying i mean other people's opinions oh teeny um i don't have any opinion i didn't take notes on that okay, okay. I, I have that up to you. I, of course, you know we got this covered. Mm-hmm. I have specifically Sam telling Kathy's mom, aka Mrs. Weatherby, the the woman who was, you know, this is her house. These, that Kathy is her daughter. Sam comes in with a gift, and the mom's like, "No, you can't open that." And Sam tells the the this woman, "It's okay, Mrs. Weatherby. Let her." <laughs> like, this man yeah. on the street is just telling this woman, like, no, you you can let her. I'm like, God damn. Mm. Um, so wait, I missed some. I missed. He gave the compact to Kathy, not to yeah. the girl. Oh, wow. He was mm-hmm. suave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying to win her over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not his first rodeo, as you can mm-hmm. tell by his face. <laughs> or was he really interested in Kathy? Hey, he he was keeping all of his options open. I guess he point. was. Except for Mrs. Weatherby. <clears throat> yes. I mean, we also, like, let me just spoil it just right out. Just say what, what you have said. Mom's just the sheriff. He just decided not to arrest the killer because he didn't want to ruin the town's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... And uh... nobody cared that dude got killed anyway. Yeah. And so this is an example of the top level of cast white men white, I guess, to be more specific, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant men Mm -hmm. looking out for themselves. Because, like you said, if any one of us were in this situation, would would we not be arrested? I mean, my my son would be dead by now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So, that's cast. Tis indeed. We are to nerd alerts. Okay, 1949. So this came out in February. So these are the only the things that happened the first two months of 1949 to set the table. But wait, wait, Christine, this film is older than I am. Oh my God! Finally, thought we would never get the one. (laughs) (laughs) By three years. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So we have Harry S. Truman is sworn in for his. First full term as U.S. president, um, he took over from when FDR died, and then there was an election, and he was up against a Thomas E. Dewey. And I'm sure you've seen the picture of a white bespectacled man holds grinning his ass off, holding up a newspaper that says Dewey defeats Truman. That man is Truman, and that was from the Chicago. It was from the Chicago Daily Tribune. Everybody thought that Thomas E. Dewey was going to win and just wipe the floor with Truman. And so the newspaper just like loudly got that wrong. And that's what that famous picture is, is of a victorious Truman being like, they said that I lost. Look at those assholes. So was that not maybe the first meme? Yes, yes. It's up there because you always see it in montages, Mm -hmm. and that's what that is in reference to. And and yet there was no uh, storming the Capitol that he had stolen the election. 
yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, they there was just the like when I was reading on history.com, I don't know when the the date of that article was, but they said that it was the most surprising victory of all time. And I was like, this Not, had, oh yeah. 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 Take a back seat. Yeah, 16 said, hold my beer. I got yeah. one for you. We got one you're never gonna believe. Wait till you get a load of this. Um, the first Emmy Awards were presented at the Hollywood Athletic Club. Mm. The play Death of a Salesman opened. Oh, hard to imagine that that hasn't always been a thing, but it was 1949. Israel had its first elections. The rationing of clothes ended in the United Kingdom and Australian citizenship became a thing all in 1949. So this is about four years after World War Two. And then finally, something that I never had heard of but get a load of this in january specifically on monday january 10th in 1949 los angeles was hit with a massive snowstorm what yeah it started snowing at noon on monday the 10th and it lasted for four days (gasps) There was an accumulation of up to a foot of snow in the San Fernando Valley. There's, there's like, you can, there's pictures and film that was taken. It is wild. Sadly, $43 million of crop damages happened. And that was in 1949, which in today's money was $502 million of damage. And it wasn't an isolated incident. It was freakishly cold weather across the western United States. Um, there were blizzards and tornadoes that killed up to 121 people. But it was just wild because I, I was just like, a foot of snow in the San Fernando Valley? Oh, my gosh. And it had snowed. That was the first time that it had snowed in more than a hundred years. I think it have no snow plows, no snow shovels, no snow, nothing. I, I, yeah, I guess maybe some people did because it was 1949. So maybe a lot of people who were still moving in the great migration coming from, I mean, the first few years that I came out to California, I had the frost ice thing for your car and people were like, what is that? And I was like, Oh, and then it, broke and not you know i was cleaning i was like i don't need this but yeah so that's that's a thing and that it could happen you could get and it's cold like it gets cold here i believe it so well, you just helped us with our foot of snow yeah and who knew so it can happen weather is wild so those are my nerd alerts outstanding christine any nerd alerts I just looked a little bit into door-to-door salesmen Ooh. because you don't see that much anymore, you know? Um, and I was struggling to realize why it, why it ever existed. Mm-hmm. I think it's silly and intrusive and <laughs> don't come to my house. Um, but I discovered a reason and I know why. And they were, you know, this, I read something they were talking about, you know, in the fifties, there were people just always knocking on your door. 
mm-hmm. trying to sell you something or mm-hmm. delivering something. And now we're just getting things delivered that we ordered online. Um, or but, that other people ordered online. To the wrong and place. used the wrong address. My detergent and my Rose's lime juice. Mm. Uh, but this article was saying that in the 50s and 60s, door-to-door salesmen were not a bad thing. And a lot of people patronize this type of sales force mm-hmm. um, because there was not a convenience store on every corner or in, and neighborhood grocery was limited beyond your basic staples. So when like the Avon lady or somebody mm-hmm. else came around, you actually got to, uh, you actually could buy things that you normally didn't have access to. Um, but, and you'd had to be skilled in your, profession if you were a door-to-door salesperson mm-hmm. or something um and they would you know they would come in and sit on your couch and invite themselves in and they were relying on the women always to you know stupid women would buy anything um and they were saying that they filled a need in those days because not every, also because not every family had cars. Mm-hmm. And if they did, they only had one car and the wife was at home while the father would drive to work and do the work. And so it wasn't until the seventies that more and more families began to rely on two incomes, which led to having two cars and also mm-hmm. led to women not being home all day because they were actually working. And that was the demise of the door to door salesman. Yeah, I remember uh, Fuller Brush Man came to our house. and Fuller Okay, brush- what is Fuller Brush? Because they talked about that Fuller Brush a lot. Exactly. It was a brand of brushes. So you had hair brushes, you had clothing brushes, lint brushes, um, um, cleaning brushes. He came with a suitcase and he opened it up and he had all these different kinds of brushes. Now... Um, I went to the door because mom was out back and uh, I saw him and I said, wait here, I'll get my mom. Well, he came into the house behind me. (gasps) Yeah. My mother tore him a new one. (laughs) You did not mess with Mary Kay Weber. Oh my God. She, I mean, it was, I was freaked out and she was yelling at him. She was a Navy woman. She, she. She had been a Navy woman. So um, a couple years later, some relatives of my father's came to the door and I was home alone. I wasn't letting anybody in the house ever again. (laughs) So I made them wait in the driveway, which they did. I'd never heard of them before. That is so good though, Ma. Oh my gosh. And so when my parents came home, I thought I'm going to be in so much trouble because these are real relatives of my father. No, I was, I, I was, it was finally something I did right. And even they said she did the right (laughs) thing. She didn't know us. She didn't let us in the house. I I don't know who you are. Like, okay, I, so that, I come by that honestly. I don't know who you are. <laughs> oh my God, she ripped him a new one. It was <laughs> frightening. Oh my, I bet. Oh my gosh. Did she cuss or was she just like, how dare you vote? Uh, she probably didn't because she was of that upper echelon where you didn't use bad words. Well, she but had a Chris, aristocratic ankle, so. She did, but. I don't know. A few might have slipped out because she mm. was pissed. 
<laughs> Man, I bet those nostrils were a flaring. They were a flaring, and they were some nostrils. You think these are nostrils? Oh, the oh. OG original. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Fuller Brushman would come by. Remember the I Love Lucy where she was selling vacuums? And so the idea was the door opens to an apartment and you threw dirt on the floor and then you had <laughs> yeah. to come in and do your spiel, you know, with the vacuum, but she threw dirt on the floor and the, this family did not have electricity. So there was no way to clean up the dirt. So yeah, door to door salesmen were a thing. Yeah. Okay. Now um, we know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A few didn't get there. And, and how many and how many of them were murderers? Yeah, you, know, you know that there were yes. some murderers in there, like case in the or like just case in the joint, mm-hmm. you know. Well, they case started. That's what I mean. Uh, it's like multi level marketing schemes are like today's door to door salesmen, except they're selling something that no one needs. Well, yeah, they're selling uh, hope and opportunity, like optimism, yeah. aspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the internet now is the door-to-door salesman and the, well, I'm sure men do it too, but there are impulse buys that happen on the internet. <laughs> yes, there are. There have been several. Oh, let me show you what I accidentally bought. Oh, nice. I thought I was buying... You know, the scrub heads for the things you wash your dishes with? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, for those of you who, those of you who have dishwashers might not know that, but for some of us that are living life without a dishwasher, we, we have these things that are brushes and you attach a head to it and you have to wash all your own dishes. And I thought I was buying two packs of two, <laughs> but <laughs> like so many I have. You have so many. Oh, bring it out for the year. If only you had done that like um, a couple weeks ago, I would have just been like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yank, yank, yank. <laughs> yeah. But they, you can't find them in the store here. Like we can never find them in the store. Really? I just bought some at the Safeway. Wow. That is, that is such a teeny. I'm with all this. I love this. And this is why I love you. Cause that's such a mom move. <laughs> If you go downstairs into the basement next to Adam's room, you'll see all of the, what was it? It was the 409 cleaner that you just got like 18 of them. And the 409 cleaner is eating through the plastic that they're Mm -hmm. in slowly and surely. One of our friends bought, she thought she was buying one bulb of garlic (laughs) and she bought one pound of garlic at the in the online grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, you learn all kinds Luckily, of things. Luckily, she's Italian. Mm-hmm. Yep, there are all kinds of things that you're like, oh, that's what they meant. Okay. Yeah, in- Instacart it, yeah. stories. I got some. I got some. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> the stuff that was sent to the Williamsburg. Yeah. I did I my first Instacart order, and I got to say, I just much prefer going into the store. It's hard to find what you need. I was trying to find like bulk things and like packs of things. And I just wanted to be in the aisles. Yeah. You, you like, because you're, because you're into that and you like, like variety and stuff. And I'm like, I can eat the same thing over and over again. This is what I want. Here we go. 
It makes sense. But it's it is convenient in a pinch. It was know. very convenient, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, so where are we? Oh, the top films. I'm sorry. I didn't do the top mm-hmm. films. So usually I do the top five, but I did top six because the sixth of 1949 was Pinky, and we have done Pinky. Oh, Pinky. I liked Pinky. Mm-hmm. Number five was The Stratton Story. Number four was Sands of Iwo Jima. Number three was I Was a Male War Bride. Number Ooh. two was Battleground. See, see? it's a theme. Like, you. Yeah. World War Two, man. Yeah. What's it um, called? Did you say I Was a Male War Bride? Mm-hmm. I believe... Mm-hmm. Cary Grant is in it, but I could be mistaken. Well, how bad can it be? Yeah, a little. Um, and number one was Jolson Sings Again. Speaking of how bad could it be? Okay, well. (laughs) Um, the Oscars. So best picture nominees were Twelve O'Clock High, A Letter to Three Wives, The Heiress, Battleground, and the winner was All the King's Men. So you can, even going back to then, 1949, look at the top films and then look at the Oscar nominations and they never line up. So don't be bad when Spider-Man isn't nominated for Best Picture is what I'm trying to say. Though I haven't seen it. Well, catch me in a theater. Um, And so that closes out the Nerd Alerts. Alrighty, then we are ready to negatively reheat. Okay. I'm going to start right away with the beaver coat. Oh, anybody, 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 you know, I didn't, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that it is actually, I have fur coats on my negatives, but I also have them on my positive, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get it. I do, but a man, a man in a beaver coat is just, uh, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. didn't like it. I have them in my positive for okay. the look, but they're very bad. Don't do it. You right. don't. You don't need to do them now. I think that's why it's a good reheat. Uh, like it's this is what this category is about because back then, yeah, when you didn't have like the heat that we do now and and they all of the then. different. They didn't need it then. But I'm thinking now. Think about this: a beaver coat. I mean that it wasn't the prettiest of furs. It wasn't a mink or a what's above mink. Um, but chichilla, yeah. But I mean that would repel water. You know those beavers are in the water. That'd be good for snow. Yeah, I mean, I I was reading a book about the Comanches and stuff and being on the in the high plains and it gets super cold and they would just throw buffalo robes over you and that they sounded Mm -hmm. so toasty of like a buffalo robe because they used every bit of that buffalo to survive. They weren't killing it for vanity. Yes, they weren't having a buffalo robe as look at me, ain't I great? I, I'm just saying that the beaver coat, because it's mentioned that that coat was passed down and passed down. So I feel like at the time of that beaver coats, when it was made, it could have yes. been a thing where, you know, the, it was twenties. Yeah, twenties. A man wearing a beaver coat was a big was yeah. a status symbol and huh. functional for for Chicago in the winter time. Exactly. You know, they don't have this polar fleece and all of the, this puffy jackets oh. and whatnot, so stuff made out of water bottles, which I am finding everywhere. Ha ha. 
Um, I also have uh, putting the gun back in the opposite direction, not like even paying attention. Yeah, idiot. Stupid. That woman. was that was a stupid mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hilda, okay, Hilda got that we have to burn the coat, but not while Sam is still at the house. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah, but I'm a, yeah, but she Hilda just was like, if there's a problem, I'm gonna solve it. I don't care about your timetables. It's gonna get done. Well, she's true. Hilda. It's it's she in was. the name. You could she's probably German, and so it's efficiency. Exactly. Exactly. We're gonna get this done. We're gonna get it done now. Don't ask me why. Mm-hmm. Um and and I have Anita asking Sam to just drop the case. Well, she's got to ask because that's that what they say. Job, but you 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 won't know if you don't ask. <laughs> well, there you go. Okay. Well, that and suppressing evidence were my negatives. Others. <laughs> Why didn't she put her packages in a bag? Jeannie, a bag. Thank you. Oh bag. my gosh. So, I, yeah, I know. I know Bagu didn't exist back then. But One Bagu bag would have taken care of all one of that. Macy's bag. How did she think that she was going to keep track of all of those on the train and then on a bus? Yeah. You know what it reminded me of, Erin? Your story on yeah. the airplane. <laughs> you see these people and they just have things hanging out everywhere. When I travel, I am a compact traveler. Everything needs to be able to fit within its thing. I don't want any any things floating about. Uh, you know, just, that's things that can get lost and that you can lose track of. How is she going to yep. keep track of all those packages? You know how she keeps track of all those packages? Because she's an attractive woman who gets by on the kindness of strangers. Because she was so good looking that other people are going to be watching her packages, hoping that they can help her, which is exactly what Sam did. And that's why, because she's she's in the good looking echelon where she gets treated differently. If Hilda had had those packages, she would have been on her own. Hilda would have had those packages in a Bagu bag before there was a Bagu bag. She would have invented Bagu. Or at least tied them up with some twine. Mm-hmm. All together. Yeah. Smoking indoors. Yeah. Lots of smoking. Selling insurance or anything door to door. Yeah, that my brother did that for a while. I sold something. I had a door to door salesman. You did, I did the gas car. I always forget about that. Oh I my do gosh. too because I was not comfortable with that at all. Oh man. Little brown girl in Utah. What the? I know but I learned a lot and the Mormons are um, they were very nice. They were very polite you know. So. <laughs> as they said no. Yeah so as they said but I yeah. learned a lot. Learned a lot about Mormonism. Got got a few books of Mormon. So, <laughs> um, I already said how old is Kathy supposed to be? Very unclear. Yes, because okay, thank you. So Dennis O'Keefe is around forty-one when this movie is made, uh-huh. and Bar- Barbara Britton is around twenty-nine when this film is made. And I looked up because I didn't know how old Anita was supposed to be because in 1950, the median age for a woman's 
first marriage was 20. Oh, God, kill me. Yeah. (laughs) And then you would have married at 20. I know. Could you imagine? You would not be with us. You could not imagine. (laughs) Actually, he was okay. But it's just one of those, like, just thank goodness. Not that I would want to, you know, just 16 would have been another story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But the median age in 2018 was 28. So it's gotten still a little too young. I was 23. I don't think any of the, I don't think anyone should get married before 30. You, wait, you got married before 30. Oh, you were exactly 30? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. You had just turned get- 30. Wait, yeah. did you? Okay. But but then I wondered... What year did we get married? 2018. 18, darling. You were 18 in the 18. Why did she talk? So you were 31, right? Yeah. Perfect. Oh, oh yours. yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the thing, my thing about that is because I knew back in those times, people would, if you were over 20, you would be considered like an old maid and stuff. Yeah. And she was 20. That's why I'm like, well, what age is she supposed to be? Because then she was working in Chicago. So she had to be in her early 20s at the very least. And I guess she's 23, 24. But then I wondered, this is 1949 and... There was a war that happened that took out a lot of eligible bachelors. So then I did, I wondered if the age difference between the two wouldn't have been that big of a deal because he probably went off, was in the war. Right. And she Mm -hmm. was probably on the home front. So I'm guessing that there would be a lot of, you know, guys coming back. Let me, let me take a minute to get myself together over the horrors that Mm -hmm. I've seen. Mm -hmm. And then the women who were out there, you know, Get Rosie the Riveter, we get things done. But it it just was very interesting because then, I, I, I don't know. I was just confused by the ages. I don't think um, we're supposed to look at age. I think we're supposed to let that go. But well, uh, yeah, a young because... woman was going to, I mean, there was a man with two arms and two legs. And his, I mean, didn't appear to have a lot of mental damage. So you grab onto them. Had a, had a nice job. Yeah. Movie theaters, I had in my negative. Disgusting. <laughs> um, and then sitting that close together while you're driving. Yes. Because mm. you know they um, can't have heated seats if they're just that close. Uh, and then that's my negatives. Aaron's negatives? Okay. I have, like, we've already said, but this is a spoiler alert. Did Dr. Garrow really die of a heart attack? That's what I wondered, too. I mean, we've already established there's shoddy policing going on. So one, did he take himself out the game and they're saying it's a heart attack? Or did have has anybody seen a body? Is Dr. Garrow? Like, did, did he, just, he just get away and skip town? It's called Cover Up, the name of the movie. I think he went to Florida. And he started, you know, a, a lovely uh, 
uh, um, business in Florida with the elderly people who were moving to Florida at the time. Yeah, I I was just like, huh? Um, did the sheriff think that a man as wealthy as the, the guy that got killed, that the insurance company, because they were going to have to pay out some money. Yeah. So you know, like the sheriff didn't anticipate that an inspector was going to come out. And it'd be, and then he would get to the scene. He's like, "Yeah, it was a suicide." It's like, "Well, where's the gun? There wasn't one at the scene." That's like, I don't know. I can think of like you take anybody who you don't think of as being that intelligent and tell them it was a suicide, but the gun's not at the scene. I think they're gonna be like, "Oh wait, a what?" Yeah, yeah. How did that just walk out the room? Yeah. So it it's really a horrible cover up, but then. In the end, it worked. So who am I to say? I don't know. Exactly. It was just the beginning of a very bad future. Um, I have heels in snow. She runs Agreed. out. Agreed. Yeah. Now, I got to tell you, there was a booty at the time, a rubber booty that women could put on over that. I can still see him because I think um, Aunt Daisy actually wore some. And yeah, you could put a rubber booty over those shoes in the snow. Well, at least that would give yeah. you some traction and some warmth because mm-hmm. heels without it, it's just... And she wasn't slip-sliding away. No, because... Well, it wasn't real snow. And we'll get to my, my good reheatables. I have this... There's So there's a murder mystery in this film, but there's a low-key second murder mystery of this film, and that is... Who murdered their Christmas tree? I yeah. mean, that was a crime on the well, street. Well, originally, I also wrote, no one else could light the tree. Because originally, they were like, he's dead. No one can light the tree. The kids aren't going to get their presents. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, I'm talking about the the wither, whatever their name Weatherby's is. Weatherby's Christmas tree. That thing, and then oh. that thing got murdered at the very, it was, you see it early on. And then on Christmas Eve, they're having a whole discussion about the Christmas tree. And you find out, and they're decorating it. I'm like, wait a second. I've already seen this murder take place. Hilda obviously murdered the Christmas tree. Well, Hilda came from German roots, I'm going to say. Yeah, and and so the tinsel, the extensive amount of tinsel was very German. I mean, we were still doing that in the 80s in Germany. There was no rhyme or reason to that. It was just... So Wait, you're saying you didn't like the tinsel? I'm saying I did not like that. Not the way that, that, that am- tree was decorated. It was not very... Not that amount oh, okay. of tinsel. Okay. I, like, I like one thing of tinsel on every branch. And if oh, you're going to okay. do the like wraparound... Yeah. Oh, come on, teeny. Do you, do you know about the balls rules and the size of as the tree, the ornaments must get smaller as they, as the tree gets up high. So it's exactly luck- smaller yeah. to bigger. And of then, course. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Like, I don't know if you noticed on this tree this year, there was a giant um in the midsection. Well, we, we didn't get to see oh, it. Oh, that's right. They didn't did see it. the tree at all. We almost lost. 
It did break the rules. It did because there was a massive gap in the side of it. And there was a huge ball in the middle. I was like, oh my gosh, look at you. And she's like, it's a huge spot. I needed a big ornament. And then we almost, so many ornaments we almost lost from that tree because they weren't in their usual spot as a whole to do. Oh my gosh. As it was going out the door, we were pulling ornaments off of it. Yeah. So, and then I have... Let me see. Oh, here's one. How about you don't replace a hidden murder weapon with your diary? Yeah, how dumb are you? I mean, the the person that's going back for the weapon is like, the weapon's not here. Oh, but there's a diary. I wonder who took it. Come on, come on. And then finally, this is a real life, sad, reheatable, but, um, Dennis O'Keefe, the actor who played Sam, he was in real life a heavy smoker as he was in the film. Yeah. And he died of lung cancer at the age of 60. So, Damn. Yeah, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Those are my bad reheatables. Well, for my positive reheatables, that swivel table, I believe. Yeah, that was cool. And you guys oh. have one, Adam. Uh, uh, Adam and Christine had our swivel table. He used to oh, keep yeah. His, yeah, because it swivels and then folds out to a card table. A oh, square. yeah. We just never swivel it. <laughs> yeah, but what a great we hiding place. Yeah. I loved it. That is a great hiding place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A $12 Christmas tree, I only wish... Um, but do you know what a $12 Christmas tree in 1949 is equal to? Yes, and that's less than what we paid for our Christmas tree this year. That's why that that's why comparing complaining about the price of Christmas trees is a good reheatable. <laughs> Cuz people still do it. Yeah. It's it was so a, t- a $12 Christmas tree then would have been $140. And 14 cents today. And yes, I paid more than that for my Christmas tree this year. There's a shortage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Another positive reheatable. Okay. I'm going to save that for my MVP. When we saw all of the suspects reading the news article at the same time. I love it. Oh, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was a really, you were like, wait, who really did it? Yeah. I didn't know who done it until the end. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty and good at sleuthing. We'll I guess we'll get to that. Other positives? Um, window seats. Oh, a seat in the window when she was reading her book. Mm. Yeah. 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 I've been thinking about getting, like, I need a new, I need a reading situation. None of the that, chairs. You could totally do that. Reading. Well, we have yeah. a radiator right there. Oh. So that might create an issue. But, um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out my reading situation. Yeah. My rocking nice chair, one. there's nowhere to, like, curl up. I need a curl up situation, you mm-hmm. know? So. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's something that is a, uh, that it that 
they've made where you could put a seat that you could put over the radiator that's been treated so it's not going to go up in flames. Like it's been heat treated and you can just set it over the radiator and it's a nice comfy thing. Yeah, it seems like that would be a thing. I'm just thinking about getting like a nice comfy chair. A big chair with an ottoman. Yeah. Mm. But um, you know what? Thinking about the word big in front of anything for apartments. Understood. Understood. But here's an idea. What about a a chaise lounge, like a detachable chaise lounge? So it it just like it could attach like to your uh, couch that you have there. And then you, because that's what I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I had tinsel and trees as my positive. So I know that that's a controversial one, apparently, but I enjoyed theirs. It was a lot of tinsel. Now, when the when the Frenzels did it in Germany, because there weren't a lot of ornaments, but every limb of the and because they cut their own trees from their backyard, so they weren't really very full. So that every limb was just covered in tinsel was gorgeous. I feel like the draping of the whatever. It's the draping of that. It's not the tinsel. It's like the boa thing, but it's not a boa that goes okay. around. I see. Yeah, they used to do popcorn and cranberries, but this yeah. looks like. Yeah, the draping doesn't go with the hanging tinsel. Okay. It was just very, it, like when you watch Great British Bake Off, it's just sloppily done. You know, okay. it's yeah. like when the thing is like there's you have your idea, but it was just hastily done. And yeah. 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 Um, like, sitting rooms. Mm-hmm. That room that they had, I guess it's just a sitting room. Mm-hmm. They just sat. That was nice. Well, that's what that's what you have. Ma. you just that's just a sitting yeah. room. I definitely sit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Movie theaters. I mean, back then, mm-hmm. like, what an exciting outing. And going on dates at the movie theater was so, like, you know, it's the only place you could, like, go when you were a little younger. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I miss, I miss the movie theaters. We used to owe it. That was my childhood every week. Yeah. My parents would ask me for mm. cash and we would go <laughs> to the movie theater. <laughs> and they were like, put it on your tab, put it on your tab. And then I would. And then I went to college and I just tore it up. So I was like, seriously? Like, <laughs> Well, look at all they've given me. This is, and you have your little slush fun thing. So I feel like we we did pay you back. Uh, no, you more than paid me back, Ma. It was just funny because you you were both so insistent of like keep track of it. Like, oh, because I always had cash on me, and they were like, oh, and I'm like, it's your cash. You're the one that gave it to me. I just didn't spend it because I because you all are my friends, and this is who I hang out with. So <laughs> it's true. Worked out well for um, us. The archway and the white picket fence. I don't remember whose house that was that they were going into, but when you walked into the yard, there was like a white picket fence. And the an doctors. Yeah. That was oh. very nice. Like a trellis over the. So yeah. you should have Morganvillea um, growing around that or something. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes, that. Um, I had uh, the wardrobe. Just the costumes. They did a good yes. job. I yes. I thought her hats were cool. I, I like I her hats. Yeah. I was just said, like the other day, I made a comment that I hated berets, but like she made them work. She did indeed. She was just 
lovely. She was lovely. Wondered if she was any relation to Connie Britton. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She also equally lovely when shows up mm-hmm. in things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the link. I love the link. Love I had that too. The yeah. story it the story really moved along. It was an hour and twenty five minutes. It was. Perfect. I don't. There was nothing that we needed to cut out. Mm-hmm. Nope. And then a real life. Um, what are we on? Reheatable. Real life reheatable. When she goes home and he's, she's with the salesman. Sam. Sam. Anita and Sam go to the house. Dad's there. Sam's like, oh, it turns out it wasn't suicide. It was a murder. Dad's like, oh. And he was like, yeah, he was shot with a Luger. Do you own one? And dad's like, no, I don't own one. And then Anita was like, I already told him you owned one. (laughs) And it just reminded me when I was a kid and my parents took me shopping for a new car and they're like, we're in there with the car salesman and they're going to trade in their old one. And they were like, oh, like, so have you ever had this car that's ever been in an accident? And my dad's like, no, of course you're not. And I was like, yes, it has. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We didn't get to talk before going into the salesman. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so we are to quotables oh wait can i do my good reheatables real quick yes you may i have all the left-handed references of the doctor's office like with the gun and then the and then the pen and he was putting it back and i was like oh this man is left-handed and that's gonna be a thing but it wasn't it wasn't it was like oh a touch subtle yeah was subtle. you had to look for it it yeah. was, but they kept sh- but like as someone because I'm right-handed, but I have my mouse on my left-hand side, and so anybody that would come to my like when we were in an office would co- like IT or something, anybody that would sit at my desk was always thrown off, and so I got a reputation of being a left-handed person in the office just because my mouse is on my left-hand side, and so. When he was putting the thing back, I was just like, oh, he's left-handed. Look at all the guns are going that way. It's left-handed. Like, it just, I didn't get the way the they did it was good. And yeah, the, and I how didn't he get was the standing. guns, but I definitely got the pen because it was like, oh, okay, yeah. And, so and that they was- showed him standing, and, and you're just like, oh, it's left-handed, it's left-handed, it's left-handed. But it was really subtle, but it was also like, oh, this is going to, like, if you're paying attention or, like, your mind is clicked in in this way, this is going to you know, be a thing. Yeah. That's why I felt like it was, um, maybe, okay. I was thinking about this. Maybe I've been so dumbed down by stuff because they tell you everything that I was so impressed with the intellectualness of this, just that scene. Well, it was, it was the thing where they say the first day of film school is show. Don't tell. Right. So it showed that he was left-handed. Right. You know, like that left handed is going to play a role in this and instead of telling it. And then at the end, when it was revealed, then it was the tell. Yeah. But I felt like it was very intellectual. And then I thought, is that only because I've been so dumbed down by Real Housewives? Okay. Yeah. So now. I, wait, wait. I also have the Christmas setting that that was great. 
Mm-hmm. And I have the sheriff and Sam's verbal sparring. Yes. Adorable. That was great. It was. It was so awesome. And then I mentioned this in my negative reheatables, but I also think it's a good reheatable is the whole thing about, are we sure about the doctor and yeah. how much of a cover up is this? So now we are to quotables. Uh, I have three. I think you're going to be, no end of trouble sheriff talking to Sam Mm. I hoped with everything I had it wasn't you Sam talking to the father you'd be surprised who commits murder the sheriff Mm. maybe the sheriff said that maybe Sam said that other quotables um, when Anita said, I'm sorry, I didn't notice. I uh, Let me start that over. I'm sorry, I didn't notice you. See, I was reading. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't notice. You see, I was reading. Hmm. I don't know what the punctuation was supposed to be, but <laughs> the point is she was reading and didn't notice. She was lying, but I did almost miss my stop on the train the other day because I was so into my book. Ah, I had to scramble to get off. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, and then I had you know, Nita. Fathers are funny critter critters. I mean, the father goes on for a long time, loving his children, never really knowing whether they love him or not, and then something happens that lets them know they do love him. <laughs> yeah, such as you know, you know tampering like with evidence. Gun. But yeah. other than yeah. that, Anita, yeah. I have some people look at it as the first good deed he's ever did. That was the bus driver talking about the suicide dude, of the guy. Dude committing suicide. <laughs> when the sheriff at the beginning is like, mm, the gun will turn up in a suicide. <laughs> it's like, that's hilarious. This, uh, I have uh, Sam at the end. You both covered for a man so a town could have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this is going on my first, uh, this is my quote. I'm putting it on the list of the, the, the best of because I was like, wow, nailed it. And this is when Anita's dad says, Hilda's never happy unless she's unhappy. And I was like, oh, nope. wow. Yeah. Don't we all know people who are like that? (sighs) Too many, unfortunately. I was just like, oh my gosh, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And and (laughs) those are my quotables. So we are to LVPs. You know what? I usually just stick myself in there. I'm going to let you guys go first on your LVPs. Okay, I'll go first. I have honorable mention Roger Phillips, who was the murder victim. Um, because obviously, like the whole town was just like good and good written, but we never really knew, it never explained why he was so bad. Did you picture the guy from It's a Wonderful Life, the old man in the wheelchair? I think, that's, yeah, you just picture like I a, pictured. a curmudgeon mm-hmm. man, but I, I kind of wanted specifics if, like, everybody's fine with this guy. Like, was did he 
closed down the mill or like he was or just like, oh, was he diddling with young girls exactly. or young boys or what exactly was his yeah his crime yeah, yeah that he deserved that everybody's fine that he deserved murder it's like like all right well like give me something to go on at least but my real honorable mention and this might be controversial but it's mm-hmm. just like sometimes you just like there's just people and they just rub you the wrong way and you just you, you you just try to be accepting and understanding of them, but you're still just like, I don't like this person. They annoy me. And so my LVP is Kathy Witherby. I just found her very annoying. Oh, the, the sister. Yeah. Yeah. That was her only job was to be annoying. And, and I'm sorry, but I found her face annoying. I just found everything, her voice annoying, the way she acted to be annoying. I was just like, my bad. You're just annoying to me. She reminded me of the younger sister in the Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, Philadelphia story. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she's just like just that annoying younger Mm -hmm. sister and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and then also I was like, maybe she's the reason Anita is still single. (laughs) You know, (laughs) hot take. I was um, always the annoying younger sister, so there's that. But at least I don't I don't find your face annoying. So there's that. <laughs> um, I had the ending. Oh. I didn't mm. like I just wanted it to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm. Unless I don't understand what happened. Like, well, who do you think killed? Was it really the doctor? Or I mean, I that's the. Something? I don't. That's what they say. They we say that it know. was the doctor yeah. because he's the the whole investigate. Sam says, "Oh, because you would have to shoot with a left hand," but anybody can, like, you know, you can be ambidextrous or something and like shoot. So, the, and the whole thing is called cover up. I didn't like. I wanted there to be something juicier than mm. a dead man being the murderer like kathy mm-hmm. that would have been cool and even oh, like or the or the mate hilda i thought it was yeah hilda. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean hilda yeah. would say we need to be done with this <laughs> and, a luger. Yeah, i just wanted something a little bit more yeah because yeah. he was shot with a luger mm-hmm. oh, that was a german gun yes german or russian no, it's German. Oh, I have yeah. a tasty nuggets. I did a little thing about the Luger. Outstanding. Yeah. Okay, well, my LVP is suppressing evidence and insurance fraud. Yeah, I mean, just just taking justice in your own hands. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Which in this case was like okay, but then in other, yeah, you can't. It's it's. But he, but the doctor, the the whole the whole premise is that the doctor snapped and that he was such a good doctor to the townspeople that he had just had it. Which, but he still took the luger with him to go. So yeah. that's a bit of premeditation and then we never discussed the body and so that's why I'm like did he even really do it is he even really dead you know right right. how far does this cover up go it goes to the top he's in Brazil now Watergate yeah okay so now we are to MVPs Mm -hmm. my MVP is Hilda 
Oh. I loved her. My MVP at first was the length, but my actual MVP, um, well, it, it, like I was able mm-hmm. to stay engaged the whole time. One I hour and 22 minutes is the perfect film length for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my other MVP, even though I know this was at him, but being a private detective, talk yeah. about a dream job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'd be very good at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you would because, yeah, because you could get things out of people that they don't even realize they're telling you. I think that's, I mean, he, he was a private detective, but specifically he was an insurance investigator. And I feel like that is a job, Teeny. And think of all of the insurances and everybody needs insurance. So maybe, yeah. you know, maybe look into that. Yeah. But then there's going to be somebody who's going to want you to cover it up. <laughs> a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. <laughs> How much are you paying? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, that's what Sam Sam was like. Uh, all right. You know, money talks. Exactly. Yeah. What's the answer to every question? Gotta my, keep buying these cigarettes. My MVP is Anita because... She was a ride or die for her dad. Yeah, she was. She went in she as you would be. She was she was as you would be. First yeah. of all, first of all, we we lambasted her and clowned her about her presence, but she kept track of all those presents. She knew what the score was, that she wasn't gonna she did. you know. Then she was be and she was so chill about it. Because she mm-hmm. knew, like, she was just like, oh, I'm just here with this present. It's a, it's a, I would be all stressed about it. But no, she wasn't. She knew what the deal was. She wore her high heels, ran out in the snow in, in her high snow. heels. And I believe they might have been peep-toe pumps. Might have been with that confidence. Like, yeah. she was, like, Tina Turner probably watched that and was like, that's what I'm going to do in heels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then she, I mean, you know. Uh, we already said the stuff about her dad. She was like going to put it back and all of that tampering with evidence. But then I mentioned the second murder, which was the Christmas tree. Was she not trying to fix the tree on Christmas Eve of the murder that Hilda had done to it? Maybe because she was decorating it. So I choose to believe that she was trying to resuscitate that tree and like, like you know what, what what happened here so that's because she's my mvp so i'm gonna look at it that way yeah and you look at okay it was a 12 dollar tree but it was a 12 dollar tree in 1949 it's a 140 dollar tree today so no you can't murder this tree yeah she's like no not on my watch I, mm-hmm. you did what to this tree so that's why she's my oh, MVP. i might want to do i don't can you even buy tinsel anymore it's so bad yeah. for the environment. You have yeah. tinsel. From years ago. Because oh. remember, we put one on each branch. Yeah. But well, you t- don't. That's what our dad does. Well, it's his one for, job. Thank you for doing something. Yeah, that's what just comes in at the end. And like just so and then everybody's oh on. my god, look what Bobby did. But I'm wondering if one year we need to do that. A total German, just tinsel. Mm. No ornaments. Oh, my. But you have to have those freaking lights. Yeah. Okay, so we are to recasting. I only did the sheriff. Oh, I did five. So, okay, go ahead. 
five recastings? No, I did five like oh, okay. people. Five people. Yeah. The sheriff, his voice and his face and his hair. Was that not Michael Rappaport the entire time? Oh, oh I yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I looked up to see if he was his grandfather because <laughs> he sounded just like him. Yeah, I could see that. That's as far as I got. Because um, this podcast came a little earlier than I was expecting today. <laughs> so I have, for Hilda, I have Heidi Gardner from Saturday Night Live. Oh, she'd be very good. <laughs> I love her anyway, but yes, yeah, she uh-huh. would be very good. For the dad, I have Glenn Turman. He was um, the colonel in a different world, and he was also in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and like so many other things. Okay. For the sheriff, I have Jesse Plemons. He was he was in uh, most recently the dog movie, The Power of the Dog. He was in oh, Fargo. He was in Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I, I totally know him. Mm-hmm. He has become kind of like a sex symbol, but in Friday Night Lights, he was like a. Well, he's like, yeah, because he's like the sex symbol, like dad bod kind of. Yeah, definitely. Know, yeah. Um, for uh, Anita, I have Jody Turner Smith, who was in Slim and I forget that movie. Yes, Slim. And she's yeah, and she's also in the uh, an aunt. She's playing Anne Boleyn in something. Oh yes! Oh hmm? yes! Because I was trying to figure out who my Sam would be. And my, I was like, huh, who, who is somebody that they can just have that kind of, that just kind of grin that this O'Keefe guy had. And, and, and I was like, Joshua Jackson. Oh, oh. yes. And then because Joshua Jackson in real life is married to Jody Turner Smith. That's what set the huh. whole thing off. I did not know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I was so like, this yeah. is Joshua Jackson, not the one from. The murderino. Yeah, he was in Doctor Death. Yeah, he was also like Dawson's Creek and yes, Fringe. And he was also in Wait for It, The Affair. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, Dawson's Creek, The Affair, Joshua Jackson, not the Doctor Death because he got yeah. Well, the Doctor Death, I mean, because of his character, but like I watched Fringe and. Fringe was really good. I think it's going to be on HBO Max. So if you liked, um, if you liked X Files, then I suggest Fringe. Oh yeah, that's a little uh, sci-fi-ish for me, right? But just he just has that way where he can have that that kind of grin of like I think he's attractive, but I don't. He's not like Brad Pitt attractive, where mm-hmm. it's just like be still my heart. It's just kind mm-hmm. of like an everyday normal attractiveness. But then he like also can have like that kind of grin and. I just thought that he could, he and Jesse Plemons could really replicate the kind of verbal sparring that those two did in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. So um, I looked up trivia for the cover up gossip. I couldn't find anything. Yeah, there was a lot out there. Mm -mm. My only tasty nuggets were. 
the twenty thousand um, dollar life mm. insurance policy for a suicide, not the double indemnity, because for a double indemnity, if he was murdered but not by the beneficiary, it was going to be forty k. Right, because of double indemnity. Yes, we mm-hmm. did that movie. Yes, mm-hmm. you do want to watch that movie. Would be. $233,569.75 today. Mm-hmm. So the the murder would be $467,000. Mm-hmm. 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 But I thought, uh, now, maybe it has changed since 1949, but because suicide was not covered by life insurance anymore. I I know I was thinking that too, but I forgot to I didn't look it up because I, I thought that either. too that that was like no. And then I wondered if that was a thing that happened in the aftermath of World War Two. Exactly. You know where it seems like weird that they wouldn't change that and update it now. I feel like it should. It would be. Yeah. Like you. But it, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Financially, for the insurance company, it makes sense that a suicide would not. And I guess there's somebody, somebody out there killed themselves so their family would get the money. Yeah, yeah, people would do that like a lot, and I think that's why they put it in exactly that it couldn't be. Because I remember Uh, my dad saying, if he got a terminal illness, he was going to go out to the garage and have an accident with some um, electrical equipment so that oh his gosh. life insurance would pay. Yeah. Oh, you would, oh, see, pa, but, but, but Paul was just like, but my ticker, <laughs> who are we kidding? I'm going to exactly. be on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to lift this heavy suitcase and that's going to be the end of me. So. And just die for my family and grandchild. So exactly. That's... <laughs> we were trying to wean her off of her, off of her pacifier, but no, yeah, she... I think I get to keep this right now. <laughs> I looked in the back seat and you were hiding it because we were trying to say only at bedtime. Yeah, I was like, were... fuck this. And I was like, <laughs> honey, it's okay. Do you have another one? Mommy needs a pacifier too. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this. <laughs> Good times. Any other tasty nuggets? I have that the producers wanting to change the name of this film. From cover up because it takes place at the Christmas time, mm-hmm. and they were like, "But it's it's not that they just had a prop." Oh no, they wanted to not change the title. They wanted to change, like, take out all the Christmas stuff, so that it just took place in a normal time. Any time. And, oh wow! Yeah, yeah I and like o- the Christmas time. Exactly. Thing. O'Keefe, who was one of the writers, as his pseudonym Jonathan Rich, he was just like, no, we're yeah. keeping it. Like, yeah. who cares? And I, I love that they kept it. And I, I think that this should be put in as a Christmas timey movie. As like, I agree. Yeah. Because it's because of uh, what Christmas should mean. I mean, we're all coming together. We're looking out for each other. So and that's what they cover, did. Yeah. yeah. We're going to cover up this crime for the good of the community. No, I love the I love the snow. I love the um I love the black and whiteness of it. 
Hey, man, I love the just the dialogue with the sheriff. They have so many great exchanges. I like the intro. We didn't talk about the opening credits, but I enjoyed those. Mm-hmm. And my final tasting nugget is I did a little research on the Luger pistol. Just oh, very... So it was in production from 1898 to 1948. It was the standard service pistol of the Swiss military, the German army and navy, Portugal, Netherlands, Brazil, Bolivia, and Bulgaria. Oh, I thought it was just German. I know That's because interesting. It, it it always when you see a Luger, it's just always like German, yeah. and it's always been that way for me. And I thought it was interesting that it was in different countries, and it holds eight rounds. Hmm. So I thought that and was a lot of a lot of people who served came back with at least one Luger. Yeah, because that take was a it thing. Off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, my. I don't think my dad had a Luger, not that I saw, but he had a rifle that, that he took back. from a German person. Uh-huh. And he also came back with a sword that had like some. Oh, nice... wow. Yeah, my brother got that. So who knows where that is at this point? Some pawn shop in Owensboro. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or not. Or it's just, I mean, it's a, hey, but what am I going to do with a sword? Nothing. So well, yeah, but I remember that the eyes, uh, like the sword had like a a lion in the middle of the sword of oh. the holder, and there were like red eyes, probably not like rubies or like thundercats. Yeah, but um, it's okay. We don't. Nobody needs it. But it would be. I would be more interested in the story. But you're never getting the story because <laughs> no. Of the horrible shit that he saw. So he didn't talk about it because he liberated two concentration camps. He did not talk about it. I'm not going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to put it in my heart and it's going to explode. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's what they did. My my son's going to take it and go pawn it for some money. So uh, all is good. Oh, he also had a dagger, a German Mm. dagger. It was really cool, but that's gone. But all that stuff, like, it's, like, I can, like, to me personally, I'm not, like, oh, I want to keep, because I'm, like, that was somebody, and, like, Mm -hmm. he died, and then it's, like, it's a, it's an inch, I like knowing that, like, oh, that's what he had. I don't necessarily, like, want it in my hand. No, no. "Mm, no." Because we also were able to see the other side of that. When we lived in Germany and lived with the Frenzels, and yeah, and he was just a, a just a guy who had to enlist in the army, the German army, and he had to fight on the side that that he was fighting on. You know, it wasn't like I I have a political statement and I can't fight for this side, and you know, so. I mean that's that's the that's the horrible thing that wars do because you see it in like within mm-hmm. our own country and you see people who they fought in the Confederacy and it's like did they really like super poor did they really think that black people should be slaves and it'd be like like some of them would be like yeah and some of them would be like no this is bullshit but the, I mean that's this was the side I was fighting for that's what yeah. Robert E Lee said he was just like I'm from Virginia I gotta fight. For the Confederacy, because that's I'm from Virginia, so I'm gonna do it. And it's, I mean, that's 
I was watching the first episode of Mayor of Kingstown. I don't know if I'm going to keep watching it. I might, but on the chalkboard, there was this thing and it stuck with me. I was like, oh, shit. Reasons are not excuses. I'm just like you. So that you can list like the reasons. It doesn't make it Mm -hmm. an excuse, but that's reason. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just so bad with separating the two of being like, that's a reason. That's true. It exactly. does not excuse this. Like the same exactly. thing, like the Holiday Inn movie that we haven't, that we did. That's a re. That was the time. That's the reason. It's not an excuse. And well, like my dad came to Germany when we lived with the Frenzels, and you were a baby, and and they sat down at a table for dinner of a man who fought opposite. The the two men fought opposite each other in World War Two, but they could come together for a meal and say, you know, that's, that was my side. That was your side. We're done with that. Mm -hmm. And just, just have a meal together because. But then that's also like the point of like often how it is because they were in it. They saw firsthand what Mm -hmm. the setup was, what the deal was, what their part in it was and the whole hierarchy and all of that and where they fit. And they were the two and they knew that the other person had the off, you know it was like a mirror image and where Mm -hmm. they were coming from and it's the other people who weren't involved in it and didn't weren't there Mm -hmm. and don't know what happened who were like chiming in and being like well you should end that bubble you know and it's just the two of them who were like I understand what you were going through Mm because I was there and I Mm -hmm. understand you know yeah then Frau Frenzel started singing some German lullabies that my dad hadn't heard since he was a young, young boy. So it was just, it was oh, amazing. And then the, the schnapp starts flowing. Yeah. And then, yeah. Got that yeah. good, hearty German food going. Yeah. So that was fun to end. To... Okay. So other tasty nuggets? There's really not a lot there was there. Up at all. Okay. Well, that is, and may I say, well done, Aaron. The cover up, a Christmas movie yeah. nobody ever heard of. Thank you. I thought that it was good. It could be good if we saw it in December time, depending on how things went. And mm-hmm. you know, Omicron was just up in this bitch, like just so everything had to be fluid. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, no, we can ride it over. It it, it should still oh, yeah. work. Totally, totally. So I suggest you watch it. Uh, again, I reiterate, 1949, the cover-up. However, I'm thinking the one in the 80s looks interesting, too. Now, was the one in the 80s, was that the one that was on Amazon Prime? Yes, for free. Okay. Oh, that means it's yeah. bad. Not necessarily, (laughs) so we'll see. But next, okay, so we lost some great people at the end of 2020, 21, uh, 22, 21, 22. Shit, where did that year go? Okay. I told you everybody is going to conflate 2021 into 2020. Everything that happened in 21 will they'll when we were 20 years 10 years five years we're all gonna say that it was 2020 it's the same thing so we lost our dear betty white who Mm -hmm. i have been watching the golden girls starting at season one episode one oh 
my God. Did you see Omar? Omar was a was the cop who brought home the grandson. It was Omar. No. From Omar. The Wire. Uh, Mike, Michael. Michael K. Williams? Yes. Yes. No. I never did get through the wire. I need to do that this year. Oh, oh yes, yeah. you do, because that was amaze balls. But okay, so Aaron has something to say. I have a question because last night I was Betty White in the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes. Because I started watching the Mary Tyler Moore show last night. She was and a Taurus Lucy. Cloris Leachman it was yes. in the first episode and it's Morgan Rogan Stern or whatever. And so I started watching the first two episodes of the Mary Tyler Moore show because I'm like, I think Betty White is in this. I want to go back and watch this. So it's, yes. I think it's on Hulu. Yes. Or Amazon. I don't know. Like Google it. You'll find it. She was like the Martha Stewart character yeah. of the, um, of the, uh, whatever TV yeah, at the television station. So it's just yes, like and then, television and, station and Asner's yeah. in it, and it's yes. Some um, and she's wild. always flirting with Ed Asner, and she's flirting with the um the the dude who did the news, Ted, whatever his name was. Yeah, so she was a total floozy. Well, in and that. you saw because I watched this old thing. She's like she had the Betty White show and it's this clip that's going around the internet where it's like in the fifties, I think it's 1954. It's like the same yep. year as Brown versus the board of education. Yep. And she has a black guy and he's a dancer and people were mad at her. And she's just like, live with yeah. it, <laughs> live like, with it. And then she got canceled and she didn't care. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to go on and be Betty White. <laughs> but we also lost Sydney Poitier. Oh, I mean, we also lost Peter Bogdanovich on the same day, but just to we mention did. that, no, let's go. And we're going to gonna get into, before you keep going, I saw a thing that was like, uh, we lost Betty White, but remember, we also lost Desmond Tutu. Oh, yeah. We and did lose really... Desmond Tutu, but you know what? Who spoke at my college graduation? Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Desmond Tutu. Damn. I, don't, I don't remember who spoke at my graduation. Oh my god, I have goosebumps, Teeny. Oh my god, that's amazing. I have that book that yeah. Mrs. Goldstein gave me. I'm gonna finish reading it this year with Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. They wrote this like book together. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Okay. But so, sorry. Yes, yeah, Sydney Portier, we also lost. All these people are checking out. I'm going, what do we have to store? So um, but went, they were all old. They were all very old. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all right. They're, I'm not yeah, kidding. They're, they were like, like Betty White was 99. Yes, mm -hmm. she was. Des, and Desmond what, Tutu was, was in 90, 94. Or no, Sidney Poitier was 94. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going with Sidney Poitier movie this week. I knew but you Desmond would. I'm excited yeah, to I, guess. I was hoping you would, and I thought it was my week. I got excited because I had a movie picked out, but probably not the one you had chosen. This is not the one he won the Academy Award for and was the first black was, person. Was to that Lilies of the Field? That was Lilies of the Field, and I thought about it. Are you doing the Defiant ones? I am not. 
Go ahead. Go through his whole repertoire. I am. <laughs> uh, this is 1965. In the heat of the night? No. I remember a December. part of this movie, just a part of this movie, but the not the patch. whole movie. The Blackboard Jungle. No. His best, the best supporting actress, and actually one best supporting actress this year was Shelly Winters. Shelly Winters. She was really good. She was good. She had a story to tell, and I don't know if she ever got to tell it, but my God, that would be a memoir to read. Oh, yeah. I just remember because in the 70s, she would just be in these house dresses on those TV shows. Yeah, because she had gained weight, and so she put on the caftan. Yeah, the caftan. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, okay, I it, need more clues. It got 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. It is, Christine, one hour, 45 minutes. Oh, it's a bit long. Possible. Okay, okay. It's under <laughs> two. Christine said anything under two is it's, doable. It's no Dr. Shivago. We're going to do it sometime, but it's going to be a two-weeker. Okay. Um, a Patch of Blue. I said that. Is that the one with Paul Newman? No. Well, I said oh. a blue patch, but well, you know what I meant. A Patch of Blue. Good. He, that was what mine was. Yeah. He That's what I was going to pick. I, there's gonna when be I thought s- it was my week, I was between that one or in a warm December. Oh my uh, gosh, you picked the same. You two are so. It earlier in the week you were talking about the Allbirds bras that I have, excuse me, been talking about for two years at this point, and yeah, then I'm mine now. I am too. Mine is in the dryer as we speak. And then mom well, we was talking- we established I don't wash mine. So and then, yeah. And then yeah, mom well, there, was, that. was like, oh, they're amazing. And then Tina's like, oh, is it and like was running the size and then takes a picture of it in her hand that she bought a because new one. Because she was right out in front of the Albert literally across store. the one store here. What sense does that make? We are so simpatico. They- Albert should be sponsoring this podcast for the 15 listeners because I have their new slippers that Timmy gave me for Christmas on my feet right now. And they have come in so clutch because it is chilly in Los Angeles, despite what everyone says. Albert's and Hendrix, you sponsor us. I'm telling you, you don't think that our 17 listeners matter. But every time we do something, something happens in the news that comes back to Gone with the Bushes. So you have that. Facts on facts. It is 1965's A Patch of Blue. And we can watch it on, it's available? It's available on Prime and Apple. We have to rent it. Well worth, I'm going to spend $2.99 or $3.99 on Sidney Poitier whenever I need to. Of course, because he was just just an OG. He, in his obituaries, he was like, would I have liked to play a villain? Yes. But society and my, I had to be, the, this is who I had to be. Yeah, he had to be the, uh, the he was angel representing... lifting up the white people. I mean. And the... that's what this is yeah. going to be too. But And then you think about it, you look at how old Jackie Robinson was when he died, you know, like that killed him. But Sidney Portier, he was able to shoulder that burden of representing a whole monolith of <laughs> people who aren't monolith like there's no 
like monolithic black person, but he had to represent all of black people in America and live to be 94. I think it helped that he was from the Bahamas and that he was yeah. able to shoulder that. Cause yeah. Cause he was from the Bahamas and he came here and it was like, wait a minute. I'm wait, you're saying I'm not worthy because I grew up thinking I was, you know, okay. So anyway, yes, a patch of blue, 1965, there are going to be lots of problems with it. We're going to have lots of negative reheatables, but Sydney Poitier, thank you for your life in film. And um, I got to say, I, I feel like guess who's coming to dinner was a precursor to your puppy and maybe able to get married. I really do. Oh yeah, because you could look, you could look to your parents and be like, "Hey, you all are now going to be Catherine Hepburn and uh, Spencer Tracy. So mm -hmm. get your acts together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You two go get ice cream and get hemmed in by a group of black men playing music too loudly. And yeah, but move on. We're we're doing this." <laughs> Okay, listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode of 1949's The Cover-Up. Happy New Year. Oh, happy New it, Year. May it be a happy New Year. We had our best New Year's Eve in a while. That was, that was a bet, that was like an fun. awesome New Year's Eve. It, it was, was awesome fun. for us. We played games and we watched Andy Cohen get drunk and mm -hmm. Anderson Cooper giggle and it was all good and dogs were snoring it was great mm -hmm. dogs were snoring and going in and out and ah, so good well one ran into the sliding glass door because he doesn't have an eye anymore but other than that it went and that was huge comedy that night it was huge comedy <laughs> huge comedy <laughs> bang into the door. It sounded just like a fire, a mortar going off. It did. It sounded so loud. His empty eye socket, but he, hey, he came back in and got a treat, and so he was happy, and we were too. The same, the same dog. It's amazing. He is just the same dog. And He's it, it the looked, Energizer Bunny. Even more not? handsome. Even more handsome with it. Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Sure okay, does. listeners, Happy New Year and... Bye. Bye. Bye.